congregation, the ascension of Christ, is it not often overlooked? At the main events, even the world of Christ uh, remembers Christmas, Easter, sometimes Passion or the Lent season, eh, the birth, the death and the resurrection of Christ, but, but ascension. If you would ask here in the mall uh, tomorrow, today is Ascension Day, what will be the response? So often forgotten, I think not only in the world. And yet so important. You can ask why. Well, it is, it is like a, a building, a beautiful house, but no one lives in it. Or it is like preparing a most delicious meal, but no one eats it. Because it is, if there was no ascension of Christ, what is the meaning of his coming to the earth? What is the meaning of his death? What is the meaning of his resurrection? In Christ's ascension, all that he had done, that he has accomplished on earth, is taken into heaven, so that from there he can apply all the benefits the gifts that he has obtained on the cross, in death, and in the resurrection. As the psalmist in 68 already prophetically foresaw, thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive, thou hast received gifts for men, yea, also for rebellious or so, that, or so that, and that, that is the reason, that the Lord God might dwell among them. And therefore the psalmist burst out in joy. Blessed be the Lord who daily loaded us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. So as we read at the closing of Luke 24, on Christ's ascension, that the disciples, they worshipped him with great joy, blessing God. Friends, that, that is... That is when we begin to see by grace the power and the nature of Christ's ascension. Begin to see the meaning of Christ's ascension. And therefore, with the help of the Lord, I want to briefly meditate with you tonight on the ascension of Christ as we have read it from Acts chapter 1, the first 14 verses. Three brief main thoughts, the power of Christ's ascension, the nature of Christ's ascension, and the meaning of the ascension of Christ. So our first point, the power of Christ's ascension. We read in verse 10 of Acts 1, while they, that are the disciples, looked steadfastly to heaven. The angels asked them, why do you stand up gazing into heaven? They were standing there. They were gazing. Why? Well, the disciples stood there, seeing Christ depart. It is, as it were, 
like when a loved one departs from you. There is a feeling of loss, a feeling of absence. You miss one's words, his or her words, or even sometimes protection, and you are standing there, and you are gazing, watching. And yet we read in Luke 24, they return to Jerusalem with great joy. Because they began to see the meaning of ascension. It was maybe very opposite of what they thought. But they were reminded this same Jesus. Not that he is absent, but that he is everywhere present. Not only what he had obtained on the cross, his death and resurrection, but now that he is going to apply it. His ascension into heaven is the crowning of his exaltation. And yet, he is with us, even to the end of the world. We confess it in Heidelberg Catechism, question and answer 47. Is not Christ then with us, even to the end of the world, as he has promised? And yes, he has promised Lo, I am always with you. But then the catechism confesses also, and we with the catechism, but Christ is very man and very God with respect to his human nature. He is no more on earth, but with respect to his Godhead, majesty, grace, and spirit, he is in no time absent from us. He is not absent in the life of his people, even now. Maybe not always experienced, but this power of the resurrection is not bound to space and time, ascended into heaven, and yet he is near to his people. The power of the ascension of Christ. Eh? Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast received gifts from men. All that he hath accomplished on earth. And that for who? For rebellious people. Friends, never step over it. When the Lord teaches by grace, then you begin to see. I don't say the profundity of it, the depth of it, but in essence, you and I are a rebel. And yet, his ascension, the power of his ascension teaches us, despite we are rebels in ourselves by grace, because of Christ's ascension, that the Lord God might dwell among them, wherever they are, whatever their circumstances. Well, while his people are still on earth, and he is in heaven, and yet he is near. Not a an, not an, not an sense of loss, but gain. Not his absence, but his ever-presence. Not a loss of protection, but to be under his blessed hands. To be covered and surrounded by his blessed hands. Do you begin to see that they could return to Jerusalem with great joy? And to go into this world, that they worshipped him, being, being lifted up from their own brokenness, but directed to Christ, 
de living Christ. The one who blesses his people. And so they are blessed people. That is the power of the ascension. Now the power of Christ's ascension we see even more when we consider the nature of his ascension. Our second thought. The, the word ascent that is used here in scripture has a double meaning. And, and it points to the nature of Christ's ascension. L- let me give an example. Uh, when there's a throne of a king or a queen, eh, say for example like the, the, the throne of the queen of England or the king of the Netherlands. First, when you would walk to that throne, you ascend to the steps of that to, towards the throne. But the king or the queen itself sits on the ascended throne. And there is a relationship, not for, just for the king or the queen to walk to the throne, but sitting on the throne points to a relationship between the queen and the nation, between the king and his people, how he relates to his people. He or she governs and rules his own and, and cares for people. That is ascension. And rising to the throne and being related to your people. And therefore, the angels say to the disciples in verse 11, as you see him, that is Christ, See him go into heaven, not heavens. Heavens declare the glory of God. That is the sky, that is the universe. But heaven, enthroned on high, ascended, relates to his people from heaven. From his sanctuary. He relates, even tonight, to this sanctuary. To his people. But whatever you have brought into church this night. This Christ did not go, uh, young people, to a different place of the universe. But he relates in a different way to his people. As the ascended, the risen and living Christ. But was accomplished on earth. Where he lived a life. That you and I should have lived. That he gave deliverance on the cross for, says the apostle, for our offense, our sins. That he died a death that you and I deserved. That he was raised from the dead. The apostle says, the Lord says, for our justification, raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so that we should walk in the newness of life, so the apostle reminds us. Instead of staying on earth, on a certain place, in a certain time, bound to time, and place. He ascends into heaven outside space and time so that he can apply everywhere to anyone he pleases. His benefits, his gifts, his blessings that he had obtained. And being in heaven at the right hand of the Father so that he is everywhere, that he is a shepherd that he is a mediator, that he is a high priest, that he is a king. When Mary Magdalene took hold of him after his resurrection, Christ's reply was, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. Now, that does not mean 
that Jesus, after his resurrection, could not be touched. He said even to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. But, but, but Christ was teaching Mary Magdalene, do not hold me here, let go. What I have done, who I am, with all the benefits that I have obtained, He ascends. He says, whatever happens to you, I am near. I will always be with you. And not only for you, but for all my people. This ascending into heaven has this benefit for all his people, what he has accomplished. What we read in Heidelberg Catechism, question 46. How dost thou understand these words? He ascended into heaven. The answer that Christ in the sight of his disciples was taken from earth into heaven and that he continues there for our interest. Do you hear? Pause for a moment this evening. When we commemorate Ascension Day. He has an interest in you. In your circumstances. In your cares of life. In your concerns that you carry. Even maybe here in church. The situation that you are even now in. He continues there. For our interest. And the power of Christ's ascension is not standing and gazing, being inactive in this world, but being close with the power from on high as a blessed people to serve him and to worship him and go on your way rejoicing. And the nature of Christ's ascension, ascended sits at the right hand of the Father where he applies everywhere through his word and spirit his benefits that he has obtained. What benefits? Through his blood, that it is he and he alone that can cleanse you from your sin. Those benefits where he was forsaken on the cross by his father so that you are never forsaken by him. That apostle reminds us, because of his resurrection, it was, friends, for our justification. Yeah, also being sanctified in him. Those benefits that it was he who bore your griefs. That it is he who carries your sorrow. And many, many, many more benefits. And by his grace and by his word and spirit, it pleases him to apply that to your heart. So the power, the nature of Christ's ascension. Maybe by now you think, yeah, but what does that now mean for me? Christ's ascension. Our third thought, the meaning. Well, friends, in the first place, it means this. 
as the angels explain the meaning of Christ's ascension in verse 11. They say, this same Jesus, which has taken up from you into heaven, shall so come like in like manner as you have seen him going into heaven. He is the same. This same Jesus. Where he is in heaven, this same Jesus, the same Christ, the one. Where there was a blind one who cries out, son of David, have mercy on me. And he opened their eyes. And he shows mercy. Also today. Also tonight. This same Jesus. For another who has to say, Lord, trouble not yourself, for I'm not worthy that I should enter into my roof. This same Jesus. He says tonight to you, I have not found such a great faith. Even maybe when you came in this evening struggling and whatever is going on in, in your life. For, for, for one maybe in our midst that, that is in doubt and does not see it anymore and have to say, are thou Lord that, that has come or do we look for another? This same Jesus says now, tell what you have heard and seen, how the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor. The gospel is preached. Also tonight. This same Jesus heals the broken in heart. This same Jesus binds up your wounds. This same Jesus is ascended into heaven and intercedes and he prays and he hears your prayer. He hears your cry and delivers you out of all your troubles. This same Jesus, he will save you, saving his people, Jesus, saving his people from their sin. Also tonight. That's first. Secondly, as John Newton sings of it, Jesus, my shepherd, brother, friend, my prophet, priest, and king, my Lord, my life, my way, my end. Prophet, priest, and king. But now in heaven. As the book of Acts points to Christ as prophet, his prophetic ministry, his teaching and preaching continues. And friends, Luke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, did not write the gospel of Luke, what Christ did, and the book of Acts, what the church did. No, the opening verse of the book of Acts, all that Jesus began both to do and teach, his doing and teaching continues. And yes, through the church. But it is his doing, and his teaching, and his preaching. Let me illustrate it. You find it in the New Testament, for example, in uh, Ephesians 2, verse 17, where the apostle addresses the Ephesians, that Christ came and preached peace to you. Well, you can ask, did, did, did Christ preach in Ephesus? No. But through the apostle and his ministry, Christ was shown, was preached. 
And therefore, we read in Ephesus, Ephesians 4, verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard him and being taught by him. To be a witness of what you have heard, of what you have been taught by him. Christ says it, eh? verse 8, you shall receive power and you shall be witnesses unto me. You shall be my witness. Friends, that is something. Christ and trust, teaching and preaching his word to a Peter. Broken in himself. Yes, restored by the Savior. And trusted to a Nathaniel. Skeptic at first, but it was he who could testify, Thou art the Son of God. Now he even enters it to Thomas, a doubter. And seeing Jesus, he testified, My Lord and my God. What more congregation, when there is a Christ, is on his way to, uh, to be ascended into heaven, and his disciples, to whom he had shown himself eh, after his passion in many infallible proofs, 40 days, the speaking of the kingdom of God, and they began to ask him, Lord, at this time, will thou restore the kingdom of Israel, establish a political Jewish kingdom? And then listen, eh? Christ is not saying to them, ah, you, 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 you don't understand. I, I, I will continue to preach and teach. No, no. You shall be my witness, a witness of me. Not just in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, at the most parts of the earth. Also in Kalamazoo. And therefore, question for all of us tonight, when we speak about the meaning of ascension, are you, am I, by grace, sovereign grace, huh? a witness of Christ in our walk and talk? Do we testify of him? Or is it ultimately about ourselves, our experience? How, how sweet those experiences might be? Hey, young people, you can read the Bible in two ways. One way of reading is you read, for example, about David over against Goliath, and you want to be as David, strong in faith. Or reading about Moses and the law, and you want to be as Moses, you know, obedient to the law. But it is all about what you have to do and what you have to live. Try your best. Or you read your Bible. Like those men on the way to Emmaus. Beginning with Moses, Christ, and all the prophecy expounded unto them in all the scriptures. The things concerning himself. The whole scripture is about Christ. That is the gospel. And when he speaks to you. And when you hear his voice through his word, can you speak, can you witness about him and him alone? And sometimes parents can be in very simple things. You don't have to preach to your children, but just to testify 
that the Lord has spoken to your soul? Or are we too busy for those things? When you have your grandchildren over, can you speak to them who the Lord is for such one as you are? And you shall be a witness unto me. When from time to time, when, when there is the Lord's Supper in the midst of the congregation, are we going home and do not testify? How are we doing? Speaking about this same Jesus. And he entrusts his speaking to each of his children. And in doing that by grace, continues his prophetic ministry of preaching and teaching concerning him, Christ and him alone. Speaking of his ministry of reconciliation, his priestly office. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. To speak of his kingly office, he who sits at the right hand of God. And so we confess with the catechism, because Christ is ascended into heaven for this end, that he may appear as the head of the church, his church, by whom the Father governs all things. Christ is king, the head of the church. Don't be discouraged. Sometimes you think maybe we are a small congregation and how will the future hold and where are we going? Christ is the head of the church. And he pours out still his heavenly graces upon us, says the Catechist, his members. Or as the psalmist, he he, he daily loads us with his benefits. Do you still see it? Or, or, or do you take it for granted? Catechism says, and he defends defend and preserves us against all enemies. That is the mandate. The ascended Christ in heaven gives his people on earth. You shall receive power. Because we cannot speak in our own power. You shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Uh, friends, it is a spiritual work. And you shall be in witness of me. Even to the end of the world. And it begins here. In your family. In your congregation. In Kalamazoo. That is the meaning of Christ's ascension, who he is for such one as I am. To know this ascended Christ, he hears my voice, my cry and supplication. He inclines his ear and he gives strength and consolation. And therefore you can attest at times, and I trust those times you know, that you can witness what shall I render then unto the Lord for all the riches of his consolation, for all the benefits bestowed upon me. Those times, friends, 
that you can sing with the psalmist, let then God be praised, with reverence deep, he daily comes our life to steep, in bounties freely given, God cares for us, our God is here, upholds us in the strife, he hears the needy when they cry, he saved their soul, when death will night this God, for Christ's sake, for the ascended Christ, this God, is our salvation. To whom else shall you then go? If we begin to see something of the power and the nature and the meaning of Christ's ascension, oh friends, that has implications for our life. First, it humbles us, it deeply humbles us to the dust. You shall be a witness of me. Such a Savior, such a Redeemer, such a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, friends, if we don't speak well of Christ, and Christ is not well spoken of, if we are different in our behavior during the week than on Sunday, what Christians are we? Or in the office, or at work, or study, and not Christ-like? What must people think about, about the ascended Savior, Jesus Christ? Does it not humble you that the risen and ascended Christ delegate to his, to his people to speak and to witness of him? Oh, parents do it often. Grandparents do it often. Elders, deacons, young people. If you cannot deny the Lord's work in your life. And secondly, it, it raises us up. It, it lifts us up. We may speak by grace by, with, with authority. Because this is not our word, but it is his word. It is not about you and me. It is about the ascended Christ. And the great gospel preacher, George Whitfield, preached one. And, and a man fell in sleep while he was preaching. And unexpectedly, Whitfield lifted his foot and stamped it hard to the wooden pulpit. And the... Men awoke immediately. And Whitfield said this to him. If I had come with my own words, and it was about myself, go on sleeping. But now I have come in Christ's name, proclaiming Christ and him alone. Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. This authority, this given authority by the ascended Christ, so that you may speak boldly. Yeah, maybe sometimes with fear and trembling, but with humility of the riches of Christ and death for sinners. And when you speak, do people hear Christ? And when you go in your walk in life, do they see Christ? And thirdly, this implication of the meaning of Christ's ascension. To live with all your concerns and cares, with all the testings and troubles in your life, questions and riddles, going through life, but, but with this blessed knowledge of the ascended Christ, this same Christ on earth as he is in heaven, he is our advocate in the presence of his Father, so that we can put our cares 
upon him, for he cares for you. That he pleads your cause, whatever it is. That he intercedes if you don't have words to speak anymore. This high priest, eh, the apostle reminds us, for we have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly. Oh, what a privilege. What an undeserved privilege. Boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And he prays for you. Even now. I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Oh, what a wonder. What a wonder. I prayed for you. That your faith will not fail. To live with this blessed knowledge and experience of the ascended Christ. That we ought to seek the things that are above. Where Christ sits at the right hand of God. And not the things of this earth. There's an implication of the meaning of Christ's ascending. That our life is directed to God and Christ. To seek the things that are above. Friends, how are we doing? How are we doing? And finally, to live with this perspective, because the Christ is ascended into heaven. As we have read, he is a sure pleasure, he is a guarantee, says the Catechist, that he as the head will also take up to himself us, his members. That there comes a day when the ascended Christ will come, will take his child home. That it will be the fulfilling of Christ's own prayer to his Father. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. That is the future. That's the future of each of God's children. That's the rich meaning of Christ's ascension. The ascension of Christ is often overlooked, I think. But such a rich meaning. And therefore remember first. Christ is present as king. And remains active and engaged in our world and in your life. He is near. Second, take heart. Jesus is not indifferent to your struggles. He who endured great suffering and is his most acquainted and most merciful, sympathetic counselor and mediator, take, take then all your cares to your ascended Lord, who hears your prayer and can respond with all heaven's authority. And finally, hope. Hope with expectation that this ascended Lord will return as just and kin and he will abolish injustice and end suffering and destroy death and set up his kingdom of truth, righteousness and love. And best of all, 
what the day that will be. We will see him as he is forever and ever. And he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Blessed by Christ and for his sake, for time and for eternity. And they worshipped him with great joy, blessing God. Would you not? Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we'll bless thy word to our hearts and that it might lift us up to see once again or for the first time the rich meaning of the ascension of thy beloved son. And we'll grant by grace that we may live out of it and that it might direct our life to seek those things that are above where Christ is and intercedes and watch over and protect each of his children. And so, Lord, also this night, if there are among us that do not know thee, that tonight they have seen there is a living Christ, an ascended Christ, who cares for his people, who cares for his children, that they also may take refuge in thee and find rest for their soul. Be with us the furthest of this night, the furthest of this week. Watch over us, take us by heart and hand, and direct us to thee, the Lord Jesus Christ, the ascended Christ, in whom we pray. Amen.